Welcome to the Shagilala Salami Show. Salami Show. Um, this is your host, Shagilala Salami. It's the virtual cafe. Um, like I promised myself the last few times that I'm not going to talk about the weather. So I'm holding myself to that and I'm not talking about the weather um, today. But it's been, a, it's been a really lovely day. Winter's here. Little girl just turned three years old and it's been a really fantastic week um, so far. Um, do you want to say hello, everybody? Yeah. Come on, come say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Good girl. Um, so who have I got here with me today? Yeah, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jokotoye Bigva. You know, I'm a local boy <laughs> from Oyo <laughs> State, Udomosho, Ajawa. I'm a Nigerian actor uh, based in California and shortly between Lagos and California. Married uh, with a beautiful daughter. Uh, what else? Uh, that's it. Well, good to have you guys there. Oh, fabulous. Well, it's, it's good to have you uh, on the show. Ah, oh, you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> you're from Oyo State? I am indeed. Oh, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yes, but, you know, it's not something I, I shouldn't really say this. Um, but I'm just going to say it anyway. You know, I've actually, my mom said that the only time I was ever there was as a baby. Um, I've actually oh. in the West at any part, um, you know, of my, uh, that I've been aware of. So I'm hoping that, you know, one day be, <laughs> in the next few years, um, I'll be able to go and visit and see what the place is like. Yeah. Please, uh, please go. Please go. You you need to go there. Well, uh, the first time I went to my hometown was when I lost my father in 2001. I was a grown-up man, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so what, were you always based in Lagos? Yeah, not, not even in Lagos. I lived in, in, in several villages in Nigeria because of the nature of my father's job, uh, you know, okay. like a missionary. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, that's that's fine. Well, it is a virtual cafe, and you see the thing about my cafe, right? Is that it is very what's the word I'm looking for now? It's very futuristic. Think Star Trek kitchen. Anything you can imagine is just available at the press of a button. So, what would you like to drink today? Um, no, let me see. Well, because I'm tired, uh, uh, and I need to sleep. I don't want to sleep because this show is on. So, can you give me some coffee? That would be fine. Okay. How'd you like your coffee? Please do not ask me. Just give me coffee without sugar. <laughs> coffee, no sugar. Would you like milk in it? Uh, is it? Would you like milk in your sugar, um, in your coffee? No, just coffee without sugar, without milk. Okay, coffee. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right, well, we'll get, we'll get that done, um, doing. Um, the little human, she's in her sand pit, so she's not really interested in what we're doing today. Um, oh. so we're just going to let her play in her, um, in her sand pit, um, <laughs> which is fine. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, so you said, you know, your dad was a missionary, if I, if I heard you collect, uh, correctly. Um, yeah, how how yeah. is that growing up? Yeah, because, you know, uh, he was a missionary a pastor, a CAC pastor, Christ Apostolic Church. Okay. So that was why he was being transferred from one village to another. Okay. So it was, let me say, it was a spiritual life thing when we were growing up. You know, when your father is a pastor and he, he was a street man, 
Yeah. You know, expose you to the social world, to, to, to the outside world. So he was a mm -hmm. very strict man. So that was the kind of life I lived as a kid. I lived in the mission house in the church compound for like 20 years. Okay. Okay. Um, right. So how did you um, go from that, you know, to becoming, you know, an off, um, sorry, to becoming an actor? What? Uh, I, I was acting as a kid in the church. At the time, I was going to, to hack Christian movie with Ansel Dram. Association of Nigeria Gospel or uh, Drama Ministry or something. Uh, okay. I was going to do Christian movies. But something kept telling me, no, don't go there. <laughs> if you're doing secular movies, it doesn't mean you're a sinner. You're still yeah. preaching, uh, you're preaching uh, integrity, uh, morality to the whole world as an actor too. So when I couldn't continue my education because of lack of funds, I couldn't pay my school fees. So I had to drop out of school. Yeah. So. And I didn't want to steal. I didn't want to do money ritual. You know, I didn't want to have that mentality. So I decided to, you know, the Bible says your talent will speak for you. <laughs> so I decided to use my talent to get what I want. That was what really put me into acting professionally. Hello? Okay. No, that, that, that sounds quite um, yeah. interesting. Um, so, I mean, for me, so how... So you started, you know, acting um, and all of that. Okay, but so, okay, I remember when you were talking beforehand, you know, you mentioned that you've got, you know, a little girl. Um, what's it like being, you know, a dad? And please, yeah, be brutally honest because, you know, as a first time mom with just one little girl, I can tell you that parenthood has been <laughs> something I could have ever imagined, right? Like people always give you the good side of it, but they never really tell you what the real thing is. They never tell you the cocoa. So what, what has it been like, you know, being a dad? Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's not easy, but there's something that will make it easy for you when you, when you remember how joyful you were when the baby was born. And when you, when you have the feelings that your baby is growing, and when you have the feeling that you have a good baby that you want to train, because if you look at this world, we were born by some parents. We were giving birth to our children. We give birth to that's the that's the way God created it. We cannot change it. If you try to change it, then you're going to be wicked. Yeah, I but, yeah, I get. But then that's no like seriously. I mean, I don't know about you, but seriously, I read somewhere right that sleep yeah. deprivation is like a form of torture. And when you go several, several days, several weeks, several months without, without uh, you know, good sleep, right? It just feels like someone is torturing you. And like, <laughs> you, know, you think about all these things and you have all these good, yes, it's a good thing, blah, 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 blah. But it is hard work. I know it's hard. I know it's really hard. You, you see, it's really hard, but... The the one you have to be consoled by the by the happiness that you have that your baby is growing. You have to be consoled by that. You have to use that to console yourself. It's hard, but you have to take. There's nothing you can do. You can't give your child away. There's nothing you can do. What has been the hardest bit of being a dad to you? That you will admit. What has been the hardest thing? I, 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 well, for now. The hardest thing is my baby, where, where the kind of job I do, I uh, hear, uh, I work midnight, 12 midnight to 5 a.m. or sometimes 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, what job to, are you doing? 
Yeah, I do. I deal with medication. I have to. Yeah, I deal with medication delivery here in America. Okay. So I have to move from my where I live. I have to drive two and a half hours to where I deliver the medication. Okay. It's a good job that's lucrative, but I have to drive two and a half hours, enjoy myself, enjoy good music, then I drive back home. You know, but when you drive, and I drive every day, when you drive five hours every day, that's a lot. Yeah. When you get home. Now, when I get home, my wife will be at work in the morning when I get home. Yeah. So I have to take care of my baby till evening. Wow. I have to take care of my baby till evening when my wife comes back. That's when I have the time to sleep. Sometimes I want to sleep, but my baby is so friendly. She yeah. doesn't cry, but she doesn't want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she wants you to be around her and play with her. She's where uh, sometimes she she's just four months old, but she behaves like two years. She watches already. She she smiles, she laughs at you, she plays with you. But once you stop playing with her, she starts crying. Oh, I can't. She wants the attention. She wants the attention. So it's really hard for me to sleep. That's the hardest part of it. It's hard for me to sleep. So but I have no choice. She's my baby. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> yes, you know, um, and I'm actually quite um, you know, I'm quite pleased though because you know, not a lot of dads, especially Nigerian dads, um, from the little experience I have, and I am not speaking for everyone, you know, that get very hands-on, you know, and sort of doing the shift pattern that you currently do, you know, which is which is truly um, you know, amazing. Um, so what books did you read as a child? Well, as a child, oh, it's so funny the kind of book I read. Hmm. Yeah, as a child, you know, in the Hades when we were growing, we were, like I told you, I lived in the mission house. Yeah. So my father did not read uh, uh, different books too when he was growing. He, yeah. He, I think he became, he was a pastor for 40 years. So as a youth, he was used to reading Bible and other inspirational books that has to do with Bible. Okay. So, yeah, when we were growing too, that's all he gave to us too. We were used to Bible, reading Bible. Sometimes we we'll sneak out to, except the one from the school, you know, your textbook, your English textbook. And, you know, so I was used to reading Bible and some Yoruba, uh, <laughs> Yoruba, uh, what do they call this book? Uh, oh my God. Hey, what's that one? Uh-huh, I know you don't understand that one. <laughs> Well, I, I, basically, I was reading uh, Bible and my Bible story. You know, this yellow-covered book. That, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I knew the one you're talking about. Yeah. That's what we were used to. Is that, I think it's is it called My Book of Bible Stories or something like that. Yeah, My Book of Bible Stories, yeah. I have it here. I just bought, a, I just got one for my baby. Okay, okay. So apart from that book, what other books do you have for your girl? Yeah, for my gay, I have one. Well, uh, I have a book. Yeah, oh my god, I can't get to it. Yeah, it, it's 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 like a uh, a cartoon. Okay. I forgot it actually too. So I have another book for her too. But uh, I need to start buying more for her now as she grows because she needs to read. It's very important. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think there's a UK organization here. Um, it's called Book Trust. And they encourage that pay, um, parents should read to their children. 
um, you know, uh, you know, regularly so that, you know, even though the children can't really understand, um, you know, what the story is all about, you know, it's just a form of bonding between parent and child. Um, yeah, my wife does that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many, you know, what are your favorite books so far? What's her favorite book now? Right now, no, uh, oh, well, let me see. You see, at a time, I was used to reading novels like Hartley Chase, and uh, then at a time, I was reading books like, you know, when we were struggling, hustling, we were reading books like Poor Dad, Poor. <laughs> you remember that book? No, I don't know that one. You know, oh my God. Poor Dad, Rich Dad. I've heard of it, but I've not read it. No, I read it for that rich that. So at the time too, I was reading Josephus. It was a lot of book from my dad's uh, chef. I was reading Josephus too. Okay. Uh, yeah, those are the kind of book I read, and I'm still reading. Okay. No, that sounds that sounds quite interesting. I mean, you know, talking about you know Hadley Chase, you know, that was definitely one of my go-to books. Um, you know, when I was a teenager. Um, when I was less than ten, um, so just a little maybe, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight, whatever it is, uh, or it was, um, you know, I had friends, you know, there were guys, and I, I started off, you know, by taking their um, comic books, you know, and that's sort of how, you know, the first thing yeah. that I started reading, I started off with um, comic books, and then as I got older, um, you know, James Hadley Chase were also on my, you know, my to-be-read list, um, you know, they were in my sort of small collection of books that I had. And I think I got them from my mom. Those were the books that my mom used to read. And we had yeah. loads of them in the house. So I then took over and went, sort of read most of them. Um, and then yeah. again, as a teenager, I did the whole, you know, Mills and Boone um, thing for a little while. But my, my favorite mm-hmm. were more, you know, James Hadley Chase. I really um, enjoyed it. And I think, you know, that they really inspired me because... You know, children can be mean, you know, as you grow up, you know, you find times, you know, where other children want to, um, you know, take advantage of you or if they perceive you to be sort of quote unquote weaker. And, you know, I was thinking about it today, you know, before, you know, before we came online and I was thinking, I was asking myself if perhaps, you know, the James Hadley Chase books that I read actually made me a bit more confident and, you know, sort of not backing down or running away from quarrels or problems and mm. stuff like that, you know. So I might, you know, I'm thinking that possibly the type of books that we read to our children, they may not consciously think about, you know, the outcome of the plot, but maybe yeah. perhaps, uh, you know, it's something that stays with them subconsciously. I mean, what do you think? What? Uh, the kind of book we do for our children, right? Yes. Do you, yeah, I mean, do you it, think it influences, you know, them as they grow up? Sure, sure, sure. Because you know, the kind of book they read, for example, let me give a, a sample. Reading, okay. reading, reading is good for safety. Yeah. Let me read from that simple uh, angle. If, if you let a child know uh, about uh, some safety signs like uh, poison, or uh, beware of snake, beware of dogs. If your child does not read, your child will not know about those stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So when, when you let your child, the kind of book they read have influence on their life. So because it will, it will let them know the world around them. 
yeah. what they are going to to say in the next future as they grow. So I I, I agree with you. Uh, the kind of book they read uh, will have influence on them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my daughter, she's she's a little bit older than your girl. My girl just turned three years old. And in our household, um, so far to date, I don't know if that's going to change at some point in the future, but right now we don't have any books on princesses and stuff like that. Because, I mean, apart from the fact that she's not really a princessy type of girl, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, I don't want her to go through life thinking or expecting um, that she needs to wait to be saved by anyone. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so here we have a lot of, um, I mean, we've not done emotional books yet because she only just turned three, um, but we've yeah. done, you know, sort of lots of books on, um, she likes monsters and dinosaurs and dragons and things. And I think for me, the reason why I, I do like the dragon ones, you know, it just sort of says to her subconsciously that, you know, she's powerful, you know, and she can achieve mm -hmm. anything that she wants to be. And whenever she's getting scared, I say, what does a dragon say? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, because there was this day where we had this massive spider. Um, and, you know, I'm a wuss, right? I ran away from it. <laughs> I had to remember that I'm the mother in the house, yeah? Why am I running away from a spider? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I just said to her, so what does a lion, what does a dragon say, or what does a lion say? And then we go, and it's like, exactly. So we're not going to run away from this giant spider. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, Australian type size, you know, spider. But wow. Standard, it is quite, it was quite big. <laughs> so said, well, we've got to face our fears and, you know, and, and sort out that spider. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So what books do you think you're going to be buying anytime soon? <clears throat> anytime soon. Um... For your girl, you know, you need to, you've admitted that you don't really have that much books now. And yes, you said, you know, you do admit that, you know, reading is, um, you know, quite important. So what books do you think you're going to be buying? We're quite interested. I, I, I go had, I go had the, the, the spiritual thinking first. So I think I need to deal with safety too. Something okay. that will make her feel safe and something inspirational that will, as she goes, will determine what book I will buy for her. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Like your daughter, too, you know, she cannot read about uh, love now or something. So, about emotional. So, I'm trying to do that. So, I'm going to take it stage by stage. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I know at the beginning, you know, you said that, you know, you guys didn't really have a lot of money um, growing up and, you know, but then you've done yeah. amazing things. Our children are lucky. Your daughter is lucky. Or maybe let me say you are lucky too, to be brought up. Uh, you were brought up in London, right? For part of my life, yes. Uh -huh. So you, you were lucky to be brought up where people will let you read, your parents will let you read and the the. But if you know, you say my, my primary school. Yeah. My primary school, I was, uh, we were sitting under, under a mango tree. Okay. My primary one, two, three. That was, we had no classroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we had no classroom. Oh, St. James Primary School, Bashita, Kwara State. Those people were no pay people. Takwa, they call them Takwa, no pay. 
That's yeah. why I had my primary. I think I was only Yoruba in my class. They were all Nupida. After the, they were forcing them to go to school. They were begging them to to go to school. After the school hours, they take their bicycle. My while I was in primary school, I had like 16 years old boy, 15, 14 years old boys in my class, primary one. And you see already, they take their bicycle, they go for me. Wow, that's, 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 it so, sounds so like an kind of school. But it's not the kind of school I went to. So nobody, no teacher will, will teach you anything about reading or stuff like that, you know. Nobody will teach you about that. So secondary school was almost the same thing, which was better. So most of the things I do these days, I, I, my teachers didn't teach me. I had to teach myself a lot. Yeah, the so what books, what school, books, nobody how did you, me. you know, inspire? Because some people could easily say, well, I didn't have access to stuff when I was a child, so I'm not really going to bother now. But, you know, you've really um, motivated yourself, should I say. I mean, what, sure. how did you, how did you get the motivation? Did it just come from deep inside of you? Were you, was there anything you saw and you, you said to yourself, you know what, I will not, you know, just stay where I am. I want to be better. What sort of things motivated you or inspired you to do more than your humble beginnings so that when you've got a child of your own, you can then be able to provide more than you, you know, you got as a child yourself? Yeah, my father used to tell me that whatever life brings to you, take it that way and make sure you, you, you work towards whatever you plan to achieve in life. Don't be stagnant. Don't make sure you work hard to achieve whatever you want to. And don't be ashamed of yourself in any situation you find yourself. When I dropped out of school, when I was leaving my, my, my hostel, I told myself that night, I said, I'm going, but my classmates will come back to me and say, please, oh boy, help me. I said that to myself. That's, when I was that's dropping, with, 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 with tears in my eyes, I said that to myself. I remember what my father used to told me. Used to told me. Uh, used to tell me sorry. So, I so when I left, when I started struggling, you know, like I said, my primary school, I was not taught a lot of things. And if, you know, your primary school is your foundation. Yes, that's you know? very true. It is very true. So if your foundation is wrong, so if my primary school was wrong, I, I, nobody taught me about English. So the little I speak now, after my father's day, I bought, I remember this popular book, A1, A1 in English. It's a popular uh, English book in Nigeria. I remember I bought A1. As a grown-up man, I was reading A1 to teach myself a lot of things. Let me tell you something. Do you know that just two months ago, that was when I got to know two sentences correctly. I still learn today. I still go online, go on Google to learn a lot of things. Wow. Yeah, tonight I still go. I still read English on Google. Okay, this is how to say this. This is how to use this correctly. This is how to... Because nobody taught me. My teachers, I'm sorry to say, my English teachers, they didn't teach me anything. I didn't pass my English in secondary school. But I keep reading. To date, I keep reading. But you know what, right? Um, I know that, especially in Nigeria, right, people tend to look at one's ability to speak English, you know, as Mm -hmm. a, what's the word I'm looking for, as a a way to gauge how successful the person Mm -hmm. is, right? So Mm -hmm. whether or not you can speak English, you know, it's definitely not affected, you know, the quality of success that you've got, because at the end of the day, right, if you're going to be honest with yourself, 
you're Nigerian, you're Yoruba, so English is a secondary language to you. Yeah, and sure. You communicate effectively with you know your your peers, then that that's good enough. I mean, there are lots of French people, Spanish people, you know, who don't you know they don't speak English as well sure. as an English person you know can do, and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you you you're a Yoruba actor, and you use your mother tongue to go on to become you know a really successful actor and that goes you know a long way to talk about you know or to show your determination to succeed um whether or not you could speak you know queen's english mm-hmm. perfectly mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so to say yeah yeah because it, it it was hard i know a lot of people they mock you for speaking incorrect english I, you know you know most Yoruba people we call mm-hmm. we call uh ha h we have we have h problem you know yeah yeah, I remember then. It was, I don't know if you know Uncle Antalanio. Yes. And it was Uncle Antalanio that took me to his office and he, he told me, you don't say ha, you say ha, he. He taught me how to pronounce H. Yeah. No, I still learn. I'm like, Uncle Antalanio took, took me to his office, his office and he, ta- he taught me everything. He taught me a lot of things. Because I, I don't because you know in Nigeria if you don't if you don't speak good English you see you see young people laughing at you. <laughs> oh my god, look at Otabon. In Yoruba they say Otabon. I know that one very well. I know that I know <laughs> children can be wicked, I swear to God. Children all over the world, irrespective of their language or origin or background, they can be wicked. I totally can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 are ashamed of yourself. You're like, oh my god. So sometimes I'll just keep quiet. I don't. What if I know I'm I'm not going to say it correctly? I'll keep quiet because I I wouldn't want people to. Laugh. But it was when I got to America that I got to know that no, come on. Like where I work now in America, I'm the only Nigerian. I'm the only black man. Not even I'm the only black man. Are you getting me? Yes. Yes, I can. And I'm the only Christian. Every other person working there, they are from Yemen. And they do not speak good English. Okay. See, exactly. And they don't give a fuck. They are, I'm sorry to use the word. They, they are, exactly. they are okay. This is children. My daughter is here. Go and wash your mouth out with an iron toothbrush. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they, they, they're okay with that. They enjoy their life. They, they make good money. They are successful people. But when in Nigeria, people who, who, who are even finding it difficult to hit, they, they tell you, no, you're speaking bad English. Bullet. Otabon. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I'm quite curious, though. Like, so you said you would do, you do um, medic, medication delivery. How did you get into that, though? Because it seems like, you know, you're truly inspiring here because, you know, you were someone who didn't even have a proper classroom and you were being taught under a mango tree. And here yeah. you are, you know, you've gone on to become, you know, an award-winning, um, you know, movie, uh, <clears throat> can't even speak properly now, you've gone on to become an award-winning, you know, actor, and here you are, you're dealing with medication and stuff, like, it's kind of like, how does someone go from learning under a mango tree to everything <laughs> that you've achieved now? Well, it's just determination, and, and let me say, let me say, uh, when you are determined and you fear God, you will yeah. do everything accordingly. Let me tell you this. I do a lot of things. 
but not by my power because God has given me the strength to be determined and to learn. Yeah. I do a lot of things. I, I, now, I, I have this problem. I want to know everything. I try to know. I know I cannot know everything on earth, but I try to know. I, ha- I try to have an idea of everything. Okay. Like, like when I started doing movie in the movie industry, I know about, I was a costumer. I was once a production manager. I was once a cameraman. I was a light man. I learned everything. You cannot come to the movie industry today and tell me this, that I'll tell you this is how they do it too, not just acting. Yeah. In America, I'm in a movie school now in America. I'm in the school now and I'm learning camera. Okay. Camera I'm not even learning acting. I'm just trying to know about how to uh, operate camera, not even acting. So when I go here too, like this company, they didn't want to employ me because of my background. But I told the manager, I said, come on, if you teach me this shit within two weeks, I'll know it. Yeah. Don't worry. Then he, 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 he said, okay, let me give you a benefit of doubt. And he was surprised. Yeah. He was surprised. And I started saying a lot of, when I started doing everything, he said, come, you, you, how did you do this? I said, no, I don't know how I, but you know, my, the thing is, you just have to give yourself time. Don't waste yeah. your time on unnecessary things. Read, 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 read. A lot of people in Nigeria today, they do not read. Mm. You, you don't have to have a physical book. To, you can, there are so many books online that you can read. That's one thing that people don't realize in Nigeria. A lot of youth today, they prefer going to club all the time. Uh, they just want to drink, smoke, have fun. Yeah. They are, but there is time for everything. There's time to have little fun. There's time to watch TV. There's time to read. If you if you if you if you try to read most times, then you learn a lot of things. Yeah. What has been well, the most well, inspiring book you've read so far? Well, you know the funniest thing. I I I I do not I do not go for uh, book title or something. I, I just go online. Most times I just go online. I just Google search. I have question. Whatever Google brings for me, if I know this will benefit my life, I go there and I read and I leave. Yeah. I, I pick out my pen and oh my system. Okay, this point, this point, this point. Okay. And I go out of there. That's all I do. And try to learn. Okay. When I first met my wife, my wife used to complain, you're always on the phone. I used talking to a woman. I said, baby, don't worry. <laughs> so when she got when she got to know me, she got to discover that I'm always on the phone researching, doing a lot of research every day. Yeah. I had. <laughs> so that's me. Okay. Now, so um, like you know, if you remember earlier on, I said you know that I've actually never um been to um Oyo State oh, before. Sure, yeah. I was there as a baby when she took me for. You know, I've actually mm-hmm. never lived anywhere in the west of Nigeria or you know in in Yoruba land before, but, and I have quite dodgy, uh, you know, Yoruba, but my, my spoken, Yoruba, my written Yoruba is not as bad as my, you know, my spoken, because you know, with Yoruba mm-hmm. is very tonal, right? You know, the remedios, and that's kind of like some where I struggle um, wow. with, but saying that, I've actually written seven books that tend to feature quite a lot um, on the Yoruba language, because I think that, you know, the trend at which people who do not know how to speak the language 
um, increases, what we're going to end up finding is um, <clears throat> that you know the language will become extinct at this rate. Um, so that's why I think it's important that we um, you know put the language down on pen and paper, you know, just so that more and more, you know, the language doesn't, you know, die, die away, especially, you know, with a country like Nigeria, where people don't think it's fashionable um, to speak the language. language, you know, so how many Yoruba books have you seen or have you come across? And how important do you think it's, it is to have books that are not just written in English, but are also written in Yoruba language? <laughs> Funny enough, if I tell you this, you wouldn't believe me. Do you know that just yesterday I downloaded Yoruba dictionary? Really? <laughs> just yesterday. <laughs> because I was trying to learn more about Yoruba <laughs> words. But then you've grown up, you know, all over Nigeria, all over the West, you know, from Kwara State to Ondo State. What what is yeah. it about that you're trying to find figure out? Because if someone like me is going through a Yoruba dictionary, I can almost understand that. Yeah, well, you, you see, I, I speak good Yoruba. I write good Yoruba. I know so many things about Yoruba. Are you getting me now? Yes. But nobody's perfect. You still have, there are so many things I still don't know yet. Yes. That I still need to learn. But the problem with our people is most Yoruba people are ashamed of their language. Why? They say, they say as you, they, they tell you you're local. For speaking your language, but I tell most people is okay. Let me let me. Get, I know somebody from Udomosho. Yeah. We live here together in in California. Whenever he talks, if I just got to America like one year ago, okay. but when when if you have never met him, if you meet him for the first time, he will just tell you. If you say, I will say, ah, Oba Monkie, he will say, what? What's Oba? <laughs> What's Monkier? And I said, shut up. What's wrong with you? Like, no, no, I don't understand what Oba, what's Monkier. You guess? Because I said, because you're in America, so you don't want to speak your language. So he tries to pretend to people that he doesn't understand Yoruba. But he does. He does. He's from, he's, he's from Odomosh. I know him. But, so it's so sad. It's so sad when you see a lot of people trying to run away from speaking Europe. Like you said, if you like I, I was I was at a symposium and a lot of your was there, he was saying bitterly that he, he's afraid of what will happen in the nearest future. Yoruba people might stop speaking Yoruba. Yeah, language, I feel that the language is going to become um, extinct um you yeah. know very, very soon. I can imagine at the rate that we're going where people don't speak the language. I, I, told my, I told my wife, I said, my daughter must speak Yoruba. I'm going to do what my daughter, whenever she's home from school, she has to speak Yoruba. Here. Yeah. I'll not let my daughter just speak American English. She has to speak good Yoruba. That's the way it is because a lot of people now, even in Nigeria, people who have never stepped out of Nigeria, they don't let their children speak Yoruba. People who have never stepped out of Nigeria. They tell you, no, 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 no. My, my son, my daughter does not speak Yoruba. And when you talk, when you talk, when you talk to those children too, they say, Carol, come. Waki Lorukwe. Say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And most times they speak incorrect English. 
Wow. It's so small. If, if you, if you, if, what you do not know, if you, if you learn in Yoruba, you understand more. You understand better. Yeah. The, the, the only set of people that I respect so much when it comes to Yoruba language, that they are not ashamed of their language. They are these people from Ondo town. Okay. Ondo people are Nedda. Wherever you meet them all over the world. If you go to where they call Idenapolis in America, there are so many people from Ondo there. Okay. When you go there, Jesus Christ. They do they find it difficult to speak English. Hey, TK. Mm. Ah, awesome. Moriola, no? They are so you know, they are happy, they, they are ready to speak their language joyfully. Okay. Nobody wants to speak English when they when they see each other. Okay. Um, you know, a little while back, you know, I, I had the chat with this blogger. Um, you know, she's a mummy blogger. Um, she's Italian, but her and her family, they live in Finland. Um, and it was quite interesting, you know, having a conversation with her because, you know, she says that she tries to, um, she tries to expose her children to quite a diverse range of, you know, books and resources, um, that her daughter, who I think if I remember correctly, was four years old or was four years old, um, you know, she can speak fluently both Italian and Finnish, which I thought was truly, truly amazing. And, you know, she says that, you know, it's also part to do with the fact that she um, exposed her daughter to um, resources that are, you know, in English, uh, that are in Finnish and Italian. So what do you think about the amount of books that are available in the Yoruba language? What do I think about? The amount of books that are available in Yoruba language. Well, so many books are available in Yoruba language. So many books. You just have to go out there. I've been to so many libraries in Nigeria. Even okay, online. So many... huh? Do you mean for children? Yeah, for children. Do you know we have cartoons for children in Yoruba? Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, my Guess what? My, my baba here in America is an American... Uh, He's an African-American. Okay. So he attends Jehovah Witness. So one day I was just talking to him. He, we were talking about Africa. I said I was looking for a cartoon for my daughter. So he gave me a site. I actually went to that site and I saw everything. Yoruba cartoon for children. Oh, really? What's it called? Yeah, I, I might send it to your email. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I, and I saw it very interesting, very interesting. So that's, that's why I said, you just have to know there are so many Yoruba books out there, online, everywhere, mm. but people don't just read. People don't just read. I there think they're Yoruba. not publicized as much, but then again, I guess it's also a demand and a supply thing because I guess if more people were, you know, actively looking for, you know, such books, then they would, they would, um, you know, find it, like I said, you know, I've, I've published seven um, books that's mostly in English, but, you know, you've got a lot of um, Yoruba culture, um, yeah, I know. Yoruba words in it. Um, you know, sorry? Most Yoruba, most Yoruba writers, uh, they have no one to sponsor them to publish their books or uh, to make it go wide, to make it go to, to market them. Around. You know why? Most 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 rich men that we have from Yoruba land, they are even ashamed of our language too. They don't want to get involved in anything Yoruba like. 
Yeah, but then I find that I, I'm really struggling to see that though, because, you know, as far as Nollywood is concerned, you know, the Yoruba side of things seems to be really popular. I mean, that's why, you know, that's how you make a living, you know, from acting Yoruba movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Yoruba people, Yoruba, I'm sorry to say this online, and I, I know some of my colleagues might be listening to this. I think some of my colleagues are actually going into English using Yoruba movie too. I think they are getting ashamed of their Yoruba thing these days. You know why? Why? Recently, if you go on YouTube, most Yoruba movies are being released to the market now. They do not use Yorubas they are tied to anymore. Really? Yeah. You, you see? And when you watch those movies, they speak more of English. That's, most that's a real are, shame, though. But my, wife, my, wife, my wife was born in America. Okay. She speaks good Yoruba. She's well cultured. Now, my wife is already complaining that what's happening to Yoruba people? Your people are now producing movies that they speak more of English than Yoruba. And I noticed too, I tried to watch like one or two movies. I discovered that's what they do. I don't know what is going on. Everybody's now like, no, I'm not doing much of Yoruba language in my movie. They're like, do you see titles like abuse, indecent? Oh, you know, you, 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 don't, you don't get to see Yoruba titles that we used to know. That's a shame. I, have, I haven't noticed that myself, but that's, you know, that's quite... If you go on YouTube, you will find them. I have, I have some of my colleagues, I have most of them on my Instagram, and while they are producing, while they are on location, they, 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 they bring us some, some location shots and they, they write the title... I was supposed to have some production. I said, why are you guys using English title for Yoruba movies these days? Why are you guys speak more of English? He said, eh, because they need to cut across. Because so many Igbo people now are watching Yoruba movies, they need to cut. I said, you can't, you, you've been, all you need to work on is the supply Good, make the supply correct. That's all you need to work on, not you producing English movies. If you try to do that, then you are, you are killing Yoruba language. Hmm. That's, 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 that's quite, that's quite, that's quite interesting. Um, okay. So now if you had the ability to change things, right, what would you do to change things, you know, to promote reading, you know, reading amongst children for pleasure, um, and then promoting, you know, um, more Yoruba books. If you had unlimited resources, what would you do? Well, Well, if I have the ability or the power to do it, yeah. Like being a president or something, or yeah, governor. Yeah, president for a day, <laughs> what would you do? I'll, 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 I'll compare the, the Senate to, to, put it, to pass my bill and make it into law that every man, every child, every child must read and understand Yoruba, like the military just did in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. If you're in the military, you must understand Yoruba, Hausa, Hebrew. Every child must understand Yoruba, must speak and write Yoruba. If you are Nausa, you must speak and write Ausa. If you are Nibu, you must speak and write Igbo. English is our second, it might be the lingua franca, but it's the second language, it's our second, not our major language. Yeah. Yeah, that's why like people from Philippines or all other countries, they do not see English as their first language. So yeah. if, I, if, I, if, I, if I were president for a day, I will make sure. Uh, Every time speaks good in uh, Yoruba. 
okay. Okay, mm -hmm. that's that's quite that's quite um interesting. Um but you know what, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. I feel like I've learned so much today. Um and you know what? Go and search online so you can buy my books. I know shameless plug, right? But hey, you want to introduce more and more children's books, you know, more Yoruba books to your daughter, go and check out my books. You know, it's Shagalala Salami and you can find me everywhere. I don't normally talk my own books, but you know what? We're talking about Yoruba books today and what is a better time to talk about what I'm doing than now, right? <laughs> okay, I'll check them out. Hey, not just check them out, go and buy them too. Okay, I will. <laughs> do you guys deliver in america oh yes we're on amazon we're everywhere go on amazon okay so numbers is okay so numbers okay no problem i know i'll get it there okay okay that's fine <laughs> now any um any last words of wisdom that you're going to pass to everyone well i just want to you know i'm just afraid of what will happen in the next 20 years when our fathers our aged parents are gone 20 30 years the kind of use we have today, they're giving birth, and most especially women, I find them smoking, drinking more than they're supposed to do. If you're doing it, you should do it socially, not all the time. So uh, what, 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 what I'm, I'm looking at the children's life. I'm, 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 what are they teaching their children? So what will happen in the next 20 years when we have these people as grammar? Yeah. Uh, so I'll just uh, enjoy our youth to please take it easy. Life is not hard. No matter what we're going through, let's just calm down, be determined, and dedicate our time to meaningful things, not just clubbing, having fun all around. You can, you can enjoy your life, have fun, and at the same time, achieve whatever you want to achieve. But no, you, when you, if you know, if you know you take uh, a cup of Oh, how it affects you. Take half. Don't take one cup. Take half. Yeah. A half. So we should just minimize whatever we are doing in a wrong way. And lastly, we should fear God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear God, whatever you do, you do it moderately. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. We are all sinners. But if we fear God, we'll do everything accordingly. We'll we won't, we won't find ourselves in, in, in a long circle. Hmm? Thank you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, um, you know, on the show in my, in my virtual cafe. Before I kick you out, if someone wants to connect with you, how are they going to do that? Connect with me on, on social media? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram or at jokotoyebigva. That's my Instagram page at Jokotoye Bigva. My Facebook too, uh, although I can't accept any friends no more on the two Facebook accounts, Bigva Jokotoye on Facebook. On Snapchat, yeah, Bigva Zero. Okay. Bigva Zero on Snapchat. Right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's quite late in London now, so I'm going to have to kick you out. I love kicking people out. Oh, whatever I say. It. <laughs> Thank you. It's like I have this magic, you know, humongous pencil. I'm like kicking you out, kicking you out. Okay, it's time to go now. I'm kicking you out. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> but it's been an thank absolute you. pleasure. And for everyone else who's been listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And then until next time, it's only your girl and it's the Virgin Cafe. It's the Shagula Salami show. Bye now.